Welcome, Jurassic fans, to the 147th episode of your other nerd pod. I'm Daniel, your host, and this is the man who insists you just ate a dinosaur for Thanksgiving, Matthew Millen. Yes, I did. I mean, That's all I have to say. Birds are considered to be dinosaurs, so there is that, I suppose. See? I'm yeah. not wrong. <laughs> Anyways, hello everyone. Danny boy, how are you today this scorching afternoon? Ah, yes, Brazil. I hate this country so much. Me too. But then again, I, I wanted to live in Australia, which is not less hot than this bloody piece of garbage. Yeah, well, at least you will suffer less, I think. And get devoured by a crocodile. I think that's a win-win situation. <laughs> If you say so. <laughs> a bloody monster. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for a record-breaking uh, daily uh, number of listens that we got last, uh, last week, specifically on the 22nd. I don't know why or who, but we got 149 plays at a single day. Thank you for that. Yeah. Can you believe that? I mean, that's bananas. It is. I mean, like, being pretty honest, you know, being crystal clear here, we usually have a, around, like, 30 plays a day, which is amazing. We are we're an indie podcast, so we don't expect to get, like, a, a whole lot of plays every day. And then we got 149 all out of the blue. That is indeed heartwarming. Yes. So thank you so much. We love you guys too. Right. We love you guys. Yes. Anyways, so let's get started with another episode today. We are doing a chapter 15, a mystery under the moonlight. Yes. Mm. Poetic. Matthew today will be uh, the narrator. So uh, Matthew, whatever and whenever you feel like. Chapter 15, A Mystery Under the Moonlight The shortest route was a 1,245 kilometers way, and it took us almost 15 hours to make it. Lucy and I sat in the back seat, Keen being our obligatory driver. Sometimes I noticed Keen's eyes searching the rearview mirror, looking for one or the other of us, maybe both. Whenever he did it, he met Lucy's steady eyes that returned his bitterness, forcing him to lower his own. To try to improve the mood inside the rental car we had obtained in Cape Town, I tried to turn everyone's attention to the details of the expedition we had in hand. So the condominium is being built on the banks of the Sajinch River, Some of the more expensive residents reaching the, reaching the freshwater beach. Uh, the creature had a description quite similar to some prehistoric aquatic animals, didn't it? A long silence followed my question, as neither of them wanted to give in on the game of condemnation that was going on in the rearview mirror. Finally, Lucy answered dryly. Plesiosaurus. Good! It's great to see that my theory makes sense. Dr. King, do you have any different ideas? 
Jacob Keane was also slow to answer, but gave in to the need to look at the road before we had an accident and said, No, she's, she's correct. With the game over, Lucy could speak more freely and was encouraged to develop her thinking. I remember hearing about the discovery of the first fossils of these animals. The skeletal analysis was ironically similar to what this master builder said, and although it sounds fantastic, the story is quite plausible in a remote place like this environmental reserve. Shouldn't they at least have been found by the inhabitants of the surrounding villages? Questioned King. I don't think so. The map Kevin brought with him shows that the reserve is large enough to prevent human interaction. Furthermore, the information in these documents is that even the natives are forbidden to enter the reserve. Keane grumbled with a clear sound of frustration, and Lucy smiled at me with the same smile Lane used to give me when he annoyed his colleague. At least I had achieved my goal. We were at peace again. Still feeling the weight of the trip and no longer tense, Lucy leaned back on my shoulder and I returned the gesture. Believe me, after living for so long lost in the jungle and suffering a horrendous trauma, it is not possible to have any form of polite boundaries between human beings. Sure, maybe I would still feel some discomfort in doing the same with someone as rude as Keen, but I wouldn't complain if there were no other options. When I opened my eyes again, we were still on the road which, calculating the travel time we already had, meant we had stopped by the side of the road to rest, and my heavy sleep had not allowed me to notice it. Anticipating what I was about to ask, King stepped forward. It's a little while away now. We are in Kyuzu to do. After that, we have some marshy ground, and then uh, we'll be in the reserve. I wondered if King knew the place to have such a knowledge, but as I looked at our lab, where the map and documents lay, I realized that they were no longer there. Looking further ahead, I found them on King's legs, who was studying them attentively to know which route to take, and was now turning the steering wheel to take the left route. Before long, we were approaching the marshy ground that King had mentioned, and just beyond this short, slippery stretch, a tiny village of low, rounded houses, which were certainly the most practical for the region. We then stopped perfectly in the middle of the village with a bump that took away any sleep we still had. Awakened by King's traumatizing driving, Lucy raised her face in astonishment and, not yet realizing that her voice was too loud, asked almost shouting, Where are we? I'd love to know, little girl. This map must be wrong. We should have arrived by now. And you read the maps on the expeditions with my father? No. Why? Because there is a village literally right next to the car. There is no village inside the Lulake Reserve, remember? Also, I added, the river we are crossing flows in a horseshoe shape, while the Sajin River has a straight mouth. With a grunt of contempt, King threw the Mac back on our laps and replied. Very well. Tell me where we are, then. Right here. Lucy pointed to a tiny marker that located the village. 
Behind it was Huleka Beach, and to our left, the reserve of the same name. And over there, she continued holding her finger up to a watercourse much wider than the thin stream that accompanied the village. Is the Sazinga River. The reserve is right in front of us. Mm. Thank you. It was perhaps the greatest show of respect I had ever seen King make. Going beyond the village, we still had 27 kilometers of road, which would take about an hour and 50 minutes. This if we had taken the regular road that went around the reserve. But of course, we didn't. Speeding towards the point he remembered from the map, King plunged us and the rental car into the jungle that covered the edges of the rarely used road that lay before us. Considering how wild the region was and the number of huge craters we were diverting in order not to have the entire car be swallowed by one of those massive holes, I concluded that the first people to clear the dense vegetation and create a road there had also been the last to pass through it. Driven by the enormous desire to reach the river and perhaps the discovery, our driver was piloting wildly as if he were in a rally, jumping over sand hills and ridges that rose up like huge obstacles for the vehicle. Within minutes, we were suddenly stopping once again, at least now for a good reason. Well, and there is the Sazimju River, declared Lucy, whose hair, like mine, was in a pitiful state of disarray from the wild rush that had been forced upon us. Now what? How do we get across to the condominium? Asked Jacob Keane, already analyzing every stretch of river to try to find a bridge or something. Still recovering from the headache, I removed the strings of hair that covered my eyes and answered his question. Actually, the condo is on this bank, just a few miles up river. So hang on again. Without a second warning, King started the car and swerved to the left entering the reserves bank, which is technically illegal, but at this point, who cared, right? Coasting along the bank, we followed the winding curve of the river, which, fortunately, had a wide margin of low vegetation. Which means that we broke some laws, but at least we didn't destroy any native species. Skirting carefully the two sharpest bends in the river, we stopped in front of a huge plain that had stretched for kilometers in the part where the river was slightly thinner. Above it, a gigantic construction site that already seemed to comprise two-thirds of its visible extent. Leaving our vehicle, which by then was already perfectly camouflaged by the dirt road that ended there, we walked towards the human work, which seemed as out of place there as he himself. The entire construction was remarkably modern and of a pure white, which irritated the eyes when reflected by the sun's rays. The visible side from where we came was just the profile of the condominium, which opened up into a large area of narrow houses, not worth a third of what would be charged once they were ready. They don't have a garage? I asked innocently. No, my friend. We don't need cars here. We turned to see who the voice was coming from, and we were met by the smiling face of a young man with a dark complexion. Paru Elia, he introduced himself. It's a great pleasure to meet you. 
Lucy took the lead in saying, although the young man first turned to Key in his introduction. You must be the engineer responsible for this work. She went on to say, pretending to admire the surroundings. Now, that name. The first one comes from Botswana, and the last one from Ethiopia, right? Lucy's knowledge about the human species still amazes me sometimes. You must be the first person to research anything about our continent before visiting it, miss, answered Baruchi with a look that exuded gratitude. That's the least one should do. Lucy told him. Was it you who saw the creatures first? Introduced Jacob King, forced to abandon the subject that interested him. The engineer returned to his professional state and explained what had happened. Not exactly. It was Badru, one of the employees. The work was proceeding at a good pace until a few weeks ago. Then, one full moon night, we were having dinner together right here in the condominium, and he appeared at the door, shouting that he had found an animal. We set out in the middle of the night to see it, and in two houses that had their port lights on, we found piles of the little creature. Some still alive, others already suffocated by the weight of the ones piled on top of them. And you still have the body of one of them? I asked him. Certainly. I preserved as many as possible in jars of alcohol before contacting your team. Please, come and see. Following our kind leader, we passed in front of several houses, all the same, and all with a front of sand and sparse grass that reached the riverbank. The level of the river was exactly the same as that of the houses, which seemed, even to a layman like me, an engineering absurdity. Not resisting the urge of curiosity, I dared to ask, uh, are there no problems with the level of the houses when the river overflows, Mr. Elia? Oh, no, no. The Sajin River has its source in a large lagoon near Port St. Jones, north of here. The lagoon is fed by rain and smaller tributaries, but there's never been a case of its water overflowing. Also because, as I told you, we don't use cars here. And what did you use it? Asked King without much patience in this tone. Stepping forward, the man turned to face us and said with a mixture of pride and simplicity, Boats. Boats. Repeated King. Now arriving at a far corner of the plane, Baruch then lifted the plank that served as a simple latch and opened the huge door. Without stopping his step this time, he explained his project more comprehensively. As you may have noticed, my houses had no garage. Simply because they would be useless here, the car you came in is certainly not said colored, am I right? Well, do you think that the rich people are going to buy them? Would like to have their vehicles always filthy like this? They want to come here to peace and quiet, to experience the simpler life, as they say but without giving up all the luxury they have the rest of the year when they go back to the city. 
With this type of client in mind, my project takes into account speedboats and jet skis that these people will have when they come for the vacations. What an admirable initiative, quipped Keen. Thank you, replied the other, turning over cans of paint and piles of sinks and bidets that had yet to be installed. He had certainly understood the meaning King had given to his comment, but didn't bother to respond. With a satisfied shout, the lad returned to us who waited in the jarry in his hands, two huge glass jars with what looked like canned fish in each. Stepping out into the sunlight, he looked around for something to put the two glasses jars on to show us. Looking around, I noticed a gigantic log with an axe carved into its top. Surrounding it were small stumps and some chips. So, wood from the forest was used to cooking here? That was the right of the inhabitants of the surrounding villages, but I'm not sure if the same applies to the employees of a construction company. But after all, what could I expect from the corporation that was destroying the environment with the original project, right? I rolled the huge log over and Lucy hurried to assist me in a task, as she always does. Bringing it closer to the adults, we finally pushed it inside so that it fell right in front of their feet. Pleased with the perfect table we had set up, the engineer thanked us briefly and deposited the contents of the jars onto the trunk that reached his weight high. The four of us then surrounded the sample stand and, except for Rudy himself, each of us grabbed a specimen from the diminutive creatures. The body was indeed, as the description said, wider than the rest of the animal, with four small fins that were evenly distributed like oars on a ship, and a long, thin neck ending in a tiny head. The mouth lay open as it had been left during the last breath of the little animal, perhaps a victim of suffocation caused by the weight of its own brothers and sisters. Inside were small, needle-like teeth that protruded outward, as it's customary for this type of animal. Such teeth were perfect for grasping slippery, struggling prey such as fish and squid. As I ran my hand down the length of the, la of the hatchling, I felt that the skin, although covered with scales, was leathery, like that of a gigantic leatherback turtle. This texture must have given the creature incomparable hydrodynamics, making it one of the fastest predators. At the end of its body was the short tail that served as a rudder for the aquatic monster I was holding in my hands. You were right, Lucy, I concluded. It is indeed a plesiosaur. Do you have any idea where they might have originally come from, Mr. Alia? No, unfortunately not. The work was stopped because of the appearance, you see. The bosses did not like the idea of having a mysterious being near the property and ordered me to call you as soon as possible to identify the species. And after we're done, what do these bastards intend to do to the creatures? Needless to say, it was King who asked this question. Well, Doctor, the other replied with irony as he pronounced the title. If you can carry them on your rent car, no. Otherwise, the ones we found will be dehydrated and served before the press gets wind of it. You didn't really think that I had put them all in those jars, did you? What an absurd. 
You want to destroy an endangered species just to ensure the success of a bloody condominium? Now listen here, I called you to get me out of this mess so I can get back to work. You don't have a family at home, doctor. Well, I do. And they're worth more than your dearly beloved endangered species. Well, I wish the human species were extinct. Saying this, King stamped his feet, leaving us alone with Baruti. We're sorry about this, Mr. Aaliyah. What he says doesn't represent our team as a whole. Lucy has them to say. That's good to hear, young lady. But I need you to get these little monsters out of here before I can no longer take care of my family. Also leaving the shed, Baruti slammed the heavy wooden door in his way, hard enough to make the entire wooden frame rattle. It's amazing how easily this man can get into trouble wherever he goes. Complained Lucy, the frustration in her voice was clear. And the worst of it is that we didn't even have to come with him, but of course, Frost's envelope didn't arrive in time. What else should we expect? He just has a bad direction for his love, I tried to reason. Some have more taste for animals, other for human beings. You chose to study human beings? Oh, please, Kevin. You're a paleo artist and you don't get into fights on three different continents. Uh, maybe I'm just a bit more reasonable. Or maybe you're just not crazy like him. Mm, that's also a great hypothesis. We left together at our absurd theories that try to explain King's brackish personality. Well, uh, now what? I asked the authority I had chosen. Ready for a night hunt? Another sleepless night, of course. Great. Let's hope those two don't meet on the way and kill each other. Or else, let's hope they do. I laughed, this time a little more forcefully. The quip had been a bit too dark for my taste, something that was not usual for Lucy. As the sun now set in the afternoon sky, we gathered around the table in the condo's party pavilion. I could already imagine what Ohendra's racket this place would be one day, with the homeowners all gathered here, drinking, celebrating, and polluting the reserve with light and sound. Fortunately, this was still a distant reality, especially now, but it was also something inevitable. The large table made of long boards, similar to those that made up the shed's walls, was a simple touch to the place. It was also to be replaced by something of greater monetary value, probably mahogany. Lucy and I helped as much as we could to prepare the meal, but Baruti insisted on taking care of the big pot in which he cooked his puicheco, a soup-like food mixing vegetables and meat. His expression, however, looked less like that of a host who wants to let his guests rest, and more like that of a chef who hates to see others touching his utensils. Anyway, soon the enormous amount of food was ready, and we sat down at the table together. Unfortunately, King had retired to the house that Baruti had reserved for us, claiming not to be hungry that night. I suspected, though, that he was just resentful of the end of the animals would meet, 
I myself didn't like the idea of seeing those animals killed, but what seemed right to me was to think of a way to save the creatures. Sulking in a room didn't sound very productive. Still, I could understand his feelings to some extent, and asking for permission, I stood up also. I stood up, also asking if I could take some of the broth to King. Be like yes, Baruti replied, raising his hand in approval. We can't let him starve, even if he deserves it, added the engineer. As he took a few ladles of broth and poured it into a bowl, I thought about the words I had just heard. Could it be that the desire to see the end of one's neighbor's life had become something so normal these days? Perhaps previous generations had the same morbid desire but kept it away in the corner of their hearts. I had two huge losses recently, that of my guardian being the one that would affect me the most for the rest of my life, and even the death of Nurwaya, the man who died to save me, had scarred me enough for me to remember his sacrifice for years, and here I describe it in detail. Walking around the front of the houses that made up the condominium, I concentrated on the task of balancing the bowl of soup, while at the same time ascertaining the dark terrain preventing myself from also going down. Hearing footsteps behind me, I turned to see who was coming, and when the figure was finally exposed to the dim light coming mainly from the lip porches, I recognized her readily. What are you doing here? I asked with a laugh. I thought you were having dinner with Baruti. <laughs> Stepping past me, Lucy grabbed my arm, and I had to hold the suit tighter so I wouldn't have to go back to the engineer and get more. Being dragged to one of the lighted porch houses, we knocked on the door, but Keen was slow to open it. Lucy kept insisting despite my protests until the shadowy figure appeared in the window. Jacob Keen's condemning eyes moved from Lucy's face to mine and finally to the suit. As he landed on the ball, his expression changed to a more relaxed and even surprised one. Opening the door, he asked, What do you want? Of course, he knew that house had been designated for us to rest too, but that would not change his personality. We've come to bring you some puchifko that Baruti has prepared. I can't even pronounce that name, young man. Why do you think I would eat it? Because you're hungry. Lucy said harshly, then changed her tone to one of tenderness. You drove for us for hours on end and had to find your way here. You love it, I assure you. Suddenly sounding more human, King replied simply, Come in, please. I was still shocked by the effect of Lucy's words and looked at her several times. My jaw still dropped. Only returning a smile, Lucy seemed proud of the feats her knowledge allowed her. We climbed this spiral staircase that led to the second floor, which had also been subdivided into the rooms that would make up the luxury house. Passing through the ones that still lay empty, we reached a large space hidden between the other parts of the house. Search comfort and discretion indicated that this would soon be a bedroom. Even now, there were indications of this with the simple bed that Baruti had prepared for whomever would occupy it. Looking around, I was a little concerned that there were no other beds for Lucy and me to lie on, but there were more serious matters to attend to. 
Besides, we had already planned an evening excursion, which made rest a secondary matter. Handing the bowl to King, I followed the man's methodical movements as he held a spoon with finesse, even though he was in the middle of nowhere, as he picked up each morsel with adequate, even though there was no one to criticize him. And as he smelled the dish with a critical expression, even though he had already entered the room where a man had been found dead and already stank. Taking the lead in breaking the awkward silence, Lucy said, Kevin and I were thinking about how to prevent these animals from being killed. Do you have a plan? Straightening up in bed, King looked out the window over our shoulders and contemplated something before answering. First, we have to get to know the animal better. You identified it as a plesiosaur, but there are several genera of plesiosaurs, and we have to find out which one specifically and why it is here. There is no way that these villagers couldn't have lived here for so many years without even entering the reserve. Crikey, these people were here even before this was declared a reserve. There are no public reports of this being's existence, which means that he appeared here recently and had the misfortune to find this bloody palace being built. You're right, Doctor. Lucy looked very convincing and flattering, which made Keane agree as well. Feeling free to speak, he declared. So, if you want to leave early in the morning, come in. Kevin and I would love to have you with us, Dr. King. After all, you are the most experienced scientist on our team. Agreeing again with the compliment, King finished his soup while we said goodbye to him. Lucy said that there was a possibility that we could spend the night talking to Baruti about the local culture and beliefs, to which the other replied, You'd be my guest. Even sleeping in this hard bed seems more interesting to me. Leaving the house to which we might return later that night, I asked Lucy, Why did you praise the old fox so much? So as not to put him on notice. I want him to think that we are following his leadership and his plans. He can't imagine that we will act later tonight, otherwise he might follow us. And what's wrong with that? We will already have to put up with him in the morning. That may be, but I want to put up with him for a minimum of hours. Besides, King is very drastic. Knowing him well, I would say that he is capable of spending every last cent to get this place declared part of the reserve. Let's find out what's going on and come up with a solution that doesn't involve putting anyone out of work. I remained silent before the arguments. I knew King well and the description Lucy had given me seemed quite accurate. We walked back along the path to the front of the residences heading for the pier where a small service boat was moored. The boat was a narrow canoe, like those used in rivers and rapids. Such a device seemed absurd on a river as wide as the Sazinj, but I reconsidered this idea when I remembered the map Frost had given us. The widening curves of the Sazinj sometimes narrowed, making the canoe a wise decision. It was also perfect for us who didn't want to make noise, which the large motorboats made too much of. Entering the canoe, we took up our positions in the forward part of the boat. 
The creaking of the wood and the slight rocking on the water still gave me a chill, and I heard screams and cries of pain. I grabbed the rough wooden paddle, something that kayak lovers in America rarely experience, having more usually a light, synthetic paddle. This, at least, helped me refocus my attention, since I had not paddled last time. Proceeding slowly, we crossed one of the narrowest parts of the river, the other bank being no more than a few paddles away. There was no bridge or walkway, however, so it was still necessary to use the boat even for this short crossing. Finally reaching the other shore, we landed on soft sand exactly as there was on the condo's beach. We didn't know what we would find or even what to look for, but we kept walking towards the head of the river. With the flashlights we found in the construction shed, we illuminated the water and the sand, watching for any sign of movement. On the surface of the river, small circles were forming with the movement of the fish, the shoals that teemed with those rich waters. We had already covered a distance of about a kilometer and our flashlights could find nothing on the surface. At least, nothing that resembled a larger version of the creatures we had held the day before. Then, I turned again to the shore and spotted a stretch of sand that had been turned over as if some being had dug its way in, or come out. Kneeling in the dry sand, I began to dig with my hands, first slowly, then Lucy joined me, still not understanding my purpose. So, what do we have here? She asked, just a strange idea. They are usually the best. Kevin, look! Having searched the beach more than, I, than it had ever been, we lit its interior with flashlights to reveal its contents. Mixed with the sand were what looked like crumpled ping pong balls. Holding one of them between my fingers, I felt that its texture was elastic and almost rubbery and confirmed what I thought they were. Eggs. Eggs? Repeated Lucy. This would explain why no one had seen the hatchlings yet. They hatch from buried eggs and go into the water like newborn turtles. And no one would suspect that these holes in the ground were tunnels made by little plesiosaurs leaving the nest. I don't know if this solves our problems or just brings new ones. Uh, what do you mean? Baruti already wants to destroy the animals for simply being here. What do you think he will do when he finds out that they chose this place as a nesting ground? The idea that someone could destroy the nursery of what were perhaps the last representatives of a species made me nauseous. We needed to act, and quickly. go all right we finally Ooh. did it <laughs> yeah this chapter is so long but anyways so uh now so that we're quite quite interesting yeah all right so let's just try to discuss this for a little bit so how do you like this new creature i have to search an image of it i don't 
Hold on. But it doesn't seem like something that would chase you inside the jungle. Oh, yeah, like the Australovenators and the... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's see. In the Sinanithosaurus from the last story. Ah, here they are. That Those long-necked beings. Yeah. Yes, they bad. resemble Lapras from Pokemon. Oh, yeah. So there is a kind of a theory that they are based on both uh, Plesiosaurus and the Loch Nish monster, which is supposed to be a Plesiosaur as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know some of you guys would just say Loch Ness Monster, but I like being traditional, right? I love Scotland. Let's respect them guys. Yep. Anyways, so um, how about Rudy Aaliyah, the new character? How do you like him? Oh, well, he seems like a normal person, which I'm probably wrong about. Oh, well, but so you, sure. you think he's the good guy, the bad guy? He's in the uh, a gray area? I don't know. I haven't been able to read that guy yet. I think he, I think he will be, like, neutral good. Hmm. All right. Okay. <laughs> I love neutral good characters. It's just like uh, John Hammond in Jurassic Ooh. Park. You know, he's, he's a, a kind person, but... He's being too proud by making Jurassic Park. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So, yeah. He, he should have just, you know, like, uh, oh, you know what? I have an idea. All right. Cool. Don't go beyond that point. Mm. Right. But, anyways, and how about uh, character construction? Kevin and Lucy and Dr. Keen, of course. Mm. Dr. Keen is starting out to be. More of a headache than I thought he would. And I'm thinking he will do something very bad in the near future. Oh my. And Lucy and Kevin, I, I'm liking the brother-sister relationship that they are building for now. They have a nice dynamic, right? Uh, I know that yeah. some of you, you wanted some romance, and I will eventually give you some romance. Of course, not between them, because that'd be strange by this point. Sweet home Alabama. Yeah. But anyways. Um... Yep. <laughs> Precisely what I thought. So sad. You think these guys who listen to us, they are less dark than us? No, they're just as dark. Yep. And if someone from Alabama is listening to us, they will they will agree on what we're saying. Yeah, I mean, like, if your country, if your state is known for something, even if it's pretty bad, but if it's not prejudice, if it actually occurs, well, embrace it. Yeah, or don't. I mean, our country, Brazil, is pretty well known for its corruption. Do you think that when people go, huh, mm-hmm. Your country is full of BS. You think I say anything? No, I go like, yeah, it actually is. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. You Pardon? couldn't be more right by good sir from another country. Yeah, and then like they, you will mock on the fact that, remember the, I guess it was the last cup, right, that Brazil was super humiliated by uh, Germany. And they go oh, like... Oh, let's, uh, let's not bring that up. Please. Yeah, Thank but... You. 
the point is that you care about soccer. I don't. Ah. <laughs> I don't care about soccer. I care about the World Cup. Period. Oh, okay. Sure. The rest, the rest of it, I don't care. Have you been watching it? Not right now. Oh, I mean, and I'm going to watch tomorrow because tomorrow we have a Brazil game. So. Oh, you just watch the ones that have Brazil in. Okay. Yep. Cool. Cool. How have you been liking it so far? Uh, I I expected more. <laughs> We always do, and that's why we get disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Uh that's a, a huge like leap since the time that we were children. Because I mean, when we were just kids, you know, we watched a movie. We expect nothing from it. We really didn't stop to think. Like, uh, I want them to have a nice character building, you know. And nowadays... oh, wait, you were you were talking about the book? I I thought you were no, talking no. about the Brazil games. I was, I was. I'm just like you know, taking it to the next level. That is, we always expect oh, okay. too much from like a beaten a soccer match or like a, a movie we expect too much from Jurassic World Dominion and they tried to put as oh. much as they could in all, all of the old characters basically and like uh, the new ones did they not with the plot okay But, yeah I will, I will agree to this Right, the plot is pretty horrible, but I mean, the old characters—they were all there. And I just watched an interview the other day. Colin Trevorrow was saying that um, he talked to some scientists. He asked like, what could be a horrendous situation going on around the world, and then he sat on the grasshoppers. I just, why didn't you use the one that you had created? There was dinosaurs all over the globe. You literally had all right a situation. Did already. you need to? Did you need to put, you know, grasshoppers in the middle? Yeah, giant grasshoppers to that. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's not forget that. And like cat-sized <laughs> grasshoppers. And at least if those guys like uh, attacked people, you no, know, if they beat you to death, maybe if they devoured someone. But even I think that Dr. Grant and and Alice Sadler, they were just, uh, you know, trying to uh, tap them away. They would do nothing. Yeah, they so, weren't that scared of them. No, so why should I, as the watcher? Right. I mean, just some huge blood flying flying around. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, my cat is literally more dangerous than that. Yeah, your cat is. Your cat definitely is. Uh, yeah, you've already seen my wrist, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, guys, I, I, don't, I don't cut my wrist. I don't eat you. My cat does it for me, you know. <laughs> And he does it quite ferociously. Yeah, he does it for the whole family as well, you know, for free. Oh, yeah, everyone, everyone got their share. Yeah, everyone gets some scratchy marks. You want some, Matt? Nah, I'm fine. I oh. already have mine here. Cool. <laughs> oh, there you go, y'all. So, uh, thank you so much for this. Uh, now, you can also listen to this on YouTube because you can only watch us if we have Larry. And, like, Larry not being here means that I will edit this. I will heavily add this with the lines that she'll send me later on. So, but you can still listen to it on YouTube. It'll be quite fun. Thank you so much, you guys. Now, remember to follow us on Instagram. We are at Jurassic Fans Podcast 
Also, you can follow Matt just because it's cool. Matt, where is your page again? It's at M A T R D M S. The my, it's my picture is me wearing a sombrero, so <laughs> I think that will be quite easy to spot. Certainly, <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next week. Keep going for the score. Bye bye.